Resurface is a podcast presented to you by me, your host, Emily Utrup. In each episode, I'll talk to athletes and industry leaders who have faced adversity. And through shared vulnerability, I'll explore the mental and emotional challenges they have faced and discover the strategies they have used to not only bounce back, but to come back stronger than ever. I want to motivate and inspire you to show your vulnerability, acknowledge your fears, and to follow your dreams. Danny, welcome to my little studio here in my living room. Hi, Emily. Very excited to be here also to talk a little bit. Um, yeah, so just a little introduction. We've just been practicing saying your name. So we're here with Gani Supisareta. Was that right? Good job. Oh, yes. yes. Not easy. You yeah. know, that it means Supisareta means old bridge in Basque. Oh. Yeah, so it would be Gani Old Bridge. Old Bridge. <laughs> Um, Gary, we um, yeah, we're here in Erisera. We, it's really nice we can do this face to face. A lot of the podcast interview I have online, so it's really nice that we could do it here face to face. And yeah, today I just want to hear more about your story. I'd love to, you know, hear about your career, but also dive a little bit into, you know, some of the things that comes with, you know, a professional career, but also probably maybe being in the end of the competitive yeah. career. So I think we're going to dive into that. And yeah, I'm really excited because I think we've been friends for like five, six years. Yeah. And But I still feel like there's a lot of things mm. I don't know about you. So yeah. <laughs> you can just like quickly introduce yourself and then we can uh, dive into your story after. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, so I was born in Argentina, in Buenos Aires in 1985, 4th of May. Um I moved to Spain when I was a baby, eight months. My parents uh, were dentists. Um, they had a good life in Buenos Aires, you know, working. My family, like, they had good family, all flowing, but the situation there, the political situation is that they didn't like it. You know, Buenos Aires was uh, not a secure play, uh, city, you know, to grow up. So for us, for me and my brother, they decided to, because they got married and then the honeymoon, they went to California and many places they, they thought, we don't want to live in Buenos Aires forever. You know? There's like maybe a better place for our kids to grow up. Mm-hmm. So they decided to go to Spain. They had some money saved for like to be like traveling for like a year and, and try find a, a place that they liked and that they could work. And so they went, they came to Spain with us. And we ended up in Galicia, in Vigo. My dad liked it there. There were some fun waves. And, and my mom had a cousin there in Vigo. So we, it was easy. We went and they, they liked it a lot. There were not so many dentists. So it was really easy for them to start working and for us to grow up there. And yeah, luckily we moved because I loved growing up in Galicia. We were living in a little island like close next to Vigo. It had like two, at the time the, they had, uh, we had two private beaches and like a forest in, where we, there were some houses and a building there. It's called oh, wow. Isla de Toralla. And it's right next to Vigo. But <laughs> I grew up there we, until I was nine. Then we moved to Patos, like a pancho next to Patos, which is the main beach break there in Vigo. Mm-hmm. And really fun waves in the winter. So I could uh, put my wets at home and walk like 10 minutes, run to the beach and surf after school. Oh, so it was, so nice. for me, it was epic. Yeah. Like uh, when I was nine, I was surfing every day after school. And I started when I was seven, but just in summer with my dad and stuff and my brother. But back then, there was not even, no wetsuit for kids, you know, 19, 
92 I started. And so you were surfing without a wetsuit? <laughs> yeah, the first sessions, there's no wetsuit, <laughs> you know, yeah. And then it was hard to get a wetsuit, like we got one from France, a ripper, uh, handmade, it was crazy. <laughs> no and then, yeah, but it was, it was super different, not even a surf school, not even one. And if you were lucky enough to have someone from your family or friends that were surfing and could teach you, you know, it was, mm. but otherwise it was not easy to start surfing. Yeah. I was really lucky. And your and dad was already, already surfing. surfing. My okay. dad was surfing already in Argentina. Okay. In Uruguay, they were going every summer on holidays there. And so he started when he was like 15. And okay. he was really, always really good, like making things, you know, with his hands. So he was shaping already when he was 15, shaping his own surfboards, his own skateboards. So it, it was crazy. So in the end, when he came here, one day I was, yeah, I was seven, I think. We were on the beach and he's like, you want to try? Uh, and we, me and my brother, we tried longboarding and we, I loved it. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Way better than soccer and every, all the sports I was doing. I was like, I just want to surf. Yeah. So I stopped playing soccer, stopped everything, just skate and surf. Oh, yeah. And until now, at the time, I just wanted to surf, but I was not even thinking about competing. It was just for fun, for fun mm-hmm. surf. And then when I was... I was il, uh, 11. Mm-hmm. There was a contest in Patos uh, from the Galician Tour, the regional tour. And my dad was like, oh, you have to enter, whatever. And I was like, no way. I started crying. I remember we were having dinner. And I started crying because I didn't want to compete. My brother was laughing. Oh. <laughs> and I was crying like my tears were like landing on the pasta. I remember. No <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, no way, I'm not competing. Like, oh. and Because I was scared to, like, not being able to get to the peak. Because, fuck, that diving was super hard when I was a kid. Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, if it's big, what am I going to yeah. do? I don't want to compete. And ended up competing. There was no, not even like kids division. It was just like open. So I was like 11 and competing against 30 year olds. No and way. I was like, but I got through some hits and I was so happy. Like it was the craziest feeling for me. And the ways were fun, it was not big. So, and I loved it. I was like, wow. From yeah. crying to being like, wow, this is insane. I want to compete. Like, and that started 11. like a fire. That started like, wow, the fire. Yeah. yeah. So then... And then I got selected for the, like the regional team to go in the Celtic Games to to Wales. There was a competition in Wales, all the inter-Celtic Games, it's called. So you compete Galicia uh, against uh, Brittany, all the, mm. the regions that were like uh, have Celtic ori- origins. Yeah. yeah. So it was crazy that contest. So it was my first trip to go compete. Yeah, I was 11. My parents and my brother also came. It was pretty cool. And I got to the final. So, yeah, I started to start loving the contest. So, and then, yeah, like that, uh, you know, it was flowing. I was studying, skating, surfing, but just for fun. But yeah. I loved also competing. So, in summer, we had this comp in France, which uh, was the Quicksilver Grommets in Capreton. It was under 14. Mm-hmm. And I went when I was 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, my parents brought me there, and w- it was where I met Aritz, Marlon, Oday, Jonathan, all my friends that became my best friends and like my family for the rest of uh, my surfing career. When we all met there. No way, when you were like 14. 11, 12. Yeah. Oh, wow. I have a photo with Aritz. We, I still have it at home. In Capreton, it was super stormy. They canceled the comp, and I went for a surf in the harbor, and I saw this. I was with my dad, it was raining, so Aritz's car. 
Yeah, I didn't his dad in his car. My dad said, oh, that kid, Spanish number plate. And they came out of the car and talked to us. Hey, you're Spanish, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go surf. I'm oh. like, and, and yeah, we went surfing together. And then we took a photo outside. And when we came in, and Aritz's dad sent it to my, asked for our address and sent by post. After. No way. Yeah, because there was no digital. Oh, so we need I, to see that photo. Yeah, that I needs sent, to go online. I sent, I sent you the picture. That's uh, amazing. So I have it, still have it. Yeah. In, my, in my room so yeah met Aritz then so every summer we were going there so uh, competed with, uh, with each other mm-hmm. that was the main contest and after that we, you know kept competing a little bit more like the Spanish comps and the Europeans when we we were like 15, 16 started doing the pro junior mm-hmm. WSL and it was when I first came to Rivera Dillas to Rivera and I fell in love with uh, this wave and this town and uh, I was 15 I was uh, I had my first quiver from Cemente that year and uh, Nick uh, shaped hand shaped them and Mm -hmm. they were magic the best boards I had at the the time I I never had boards like that Mm -hmm. and my surfing got way like suddenly really much better than I was I was like probably like 40 or 50th in the rankings. I was 15, imagine, and the, the tour was under 20. Yeah. But Nick sent me those words. They were so good that I came here and I got to the final of the contest. So I no. got fourth, yeah. And I was, and Thiago Pierce was in the final and some other guys, but they were like five years older. Yeah. And so from 40 or 40th, I got, I finished the ninth. Uh, that was the last stop. So Ooh. I, Almost qualified for the top six, which um, were the top six were going to Australia for the world contest. Yeah. So if if I finished second or third, I was going. So I was like, what? It changed so much. Yeah. Like from you know one contest, to... and so I it got me like super motivated to you know keep competing. And the year after, I qualified for Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Philip Island with my my dad and. Pablo Gutierrez, which was like my inspiration. He already, he also qualified the week. We were there competing with Mick Fanning, Parco, and everyone. Wow. He's back and yeah, Parco and Fanning. They were already in the city. They were 1920, 1920 yeah. and they were already in the city. They were not doing the pro junior in Australia, so they didn't qualify to the, for the contest, and they got two wild cards. Oh. So sick. So I was like, imagine, so excited to compete with Fanning and Parco. They yeah. were already like my uh, idols. And they and Parker won the contest, finding second, mm-hmm. and it's third. I got ninth. It was pretty good. Also yeah. For you know, I was I was sixteen. Yeah. I went there without any expectations. I was just, just having kid, fun, yeah. just to give my best. That's it. Super happy to to qualify. And but yeah, then kept kept studying. You know, I was I knew I I wanted to finish high school at the, for sure. I was like seventeen, gonna turn eighteen, and then have like a passion to study anything at the time. So I was like, and I was already having good contracts uh, to start traveling into the world WQS because mm-hmm. I, I forgot to tell you uh, when I was seventeen, the last year of high school, I won the World Junior. I know. I, USA, I was yeah. gonna ask you yeah. about that because that was yeah. like a big achievement. It was, yeah, it was. How did that like? That was a turning point because you yeah, know, I was also going to see how did that shape your yeah. career. I was studying, I was competing, and it was everything flowing, you know. But the, it was hard to get money from sponsors. I was mm-hmm. riding for Volcom already when I was thirteen mm-hmm. since nineteen ninety eight. Right now, this year I'm like doing like twenty five years right for Volcom. Wow. Yeah, I gonna 
Yeah, I can tell you after, but yeah, I'm trying to put a movie together, you know, about this yeah. five years with like all footage I have. That's so, cool. but yeah, it was hard, you know, to, you know, but it's normal. I really like how it was because Volcom really helped me when I was a kid and they were really slow, like not helping me too much with money, like because it's, it can be really dangerous when you give too much too soon. Mm-hmm. to a kid then they get lost you yeah know? so they were always really careful like reporting but not giving me money like you know so it's like so in the end i just yeah i was surfing enjoying and giving my best but and really like yeah giving my best to to achieve my goals and you know be able to live from surfing mm-hmm. so when I won that comp in Australia, Billabong wanted to sponsor me and they, they offered me a really good deal, like really, 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 really good. Oh, yeah. So, wow, what am I going to do? You know, because I love Volcom. Yeah. And they support me so much since I was a kid, so I didn't want to leave. <sighs> so I talked to Volcom and they, you came into Fiji with us, with the Volcom international team, with Bruce Irons and everyone. It was like crazy. I was oh. like, coming there, we stopped in California and we signed a contract in California. So I was like, what? Okay, okay. So in the end, uh, I signed a good deal. Not as big as Bilabong, what Bilabong was offering me, but it was amazing already. And it was enough for me to start doing the QS when yeah. I finished high school and to start traveling and doing like 100% commitment in surfing. Mm-hmm. So I was super happy and yeah. didn't want to leave both. So, and I remember kind of like the team manager, when I signed, he said, Goni, you did something really good now. Maybe it's, it's less money than you were going to get from Willem right now, but in the future, you're going to be welcome forever. Because you show commitment to that. Yeah, you're going to be with us forever. And with Billabong, it's an amazing brand. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know because it's... You, you have been right for work for already for like five years. Yeah. But below, maybe in five, ten years, there's a kid way better than you and they cannot uh, afford having you and him. And yeah. uh, with Volcom, you're going to be with us. Yeah. You know, and he was right, 25 years now. Yeah. And so long term was a great decision. Yeah. My parents also helped me a lot. They could have been like, no, no, sign with Bilal, it's a way better deal. Yeah. But they told me, no, you like Volcom. Yeah. You like the people you be, fit, fit you the brand. Fit there, you like the people behind. We love them. Let's stay with them. It's yeah. gonna go. We believe in what they're saying. It's slowly. Yeah. You're gonna get more and more support if you deserve it. And it was great. It was a great lesson. Yeah. Sometimes it's not all about the money. It's like mm-hmm. you feel good here. What are you gonna do? But yeah, that gave me that contest. It was a turning point because it gave me a lot of confidence. We were we went there without any expectations. It was like uh, we were like, oof, they I say world juniors, you know. Yeah. Let's see how we do. And in the end, I won, and they got second. It's oh. like crazy. Yeah. And our team was was not even full. The Spanish Federation at the time didn't have any money to bring us. We they just enter us, and we need a like a coach, a, an adult. My dad came as a manager for oh, us. Oh wow. Yeah, and we pay for everything. Yeah. Yourself, yeah, everything for ourselves. Yeah. But we really wanted to compete there, first yeah. and second. And our team was not even full. <laughs> it was like me, Ode, and Javi Bilbao, and another girl, Mirka. Yeah. And then we started just traveling yeah. all the time. We didn't have time to study anything, but yeah. we were already, you know, 
uh, getting paid for surfing. And yeah. we were 18 and we had to really commit and dedicate all our life to keep improving yeah. and, and surf. And then I thought, if I want to study something else, I will have time after when I get older. I cannot, I'm not at the same level uh, to compete against the young kids. Yeah. So it was there now and never like boom, surfing, competing, traveling, learning. And yeah. it was not easy. The transition from junior to open, it was crazy. We yeah. in the pro junior, uh, we were getting like top six, you know, top five Marlon at it. Uh, then we got to the QS and it's like, wow, we surfing against the best in the, in the world, world and you're still growing, don't have the same power and stuff. Mm. And, and from competing in the junior and getting to the final every time or semis, then you like go to Australia, lose first seat, you go to, you go to South Africa, lose first seat, you go to Brazil, lose first seat. And you're like, wow, you get crazy because it's really hard mentally. Like, yeah. It's a challenge, like heavy. You are surfing good, yeah, even better than the year before, but you, you don't do anything. You can't get a result. So uh, new places, you don't know the waves. Yeah. You're like intimidated by Bruce Irons, all the, everyone, you know. Like, yeah. And then you have to learn a lot how to you know grow personally and be more confident. For me, for example, some some guys are different. I was not confident enough at the beginning to get a result in the QS. It took me years to mm. two or three years to be like, wow, okay, I really. Now I really feel good in this tour, and I can. And then I started winning comps, started started winning QSs, but and get, but it takes time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to dedicate a lot. Deep inside me, I, I trust. I, I I trust in myself. I said, look, maybe you know, if I keep trying, I'm gonna get there. And I just wanted to win a QS. So you basically like grew up on the road traveling. Yeah. And you also said like dealing with all this pressure when you're such an, in such a young age. How did you deal with that process? That was there like a team around you? Did you did you work with a sports psychologist or was just like surf coaches or, or yeah. how was it like? Because I guess like when you're 18 and you just get thrown on a plane to some exotic place, like it sounds like a dream, but I think there's also a lot of hard thing like it's with really, that. It's a dream, but it's really dangerous too. Like, yeah, there's a really thin line that you can do well, or in a, in two years you've lost. Mm-hmm. You're like, oof, you don't know what you're doing, and you lose all your sponsors, and you are depressed because you didn't get um, to where you wanted, uh, and you, everybody is expecting from you that. That, you know that you're gonna win all this and that, or qualify for the city, and you are not getting there. And so much pressure. You put so much pressure on yourself. I was lucky that my family never put pressure, and my sponsors never put pressure. Mm-hmm. Really lucky because if you have your pressure and your family and the sponsors, I don't know how you do. But mm-hmm. I, I had my own pressure only, and it was already a lot. Yeah. I really wanted to do well. But yeah, it was, I was lucky also traveling with an amazing group of friends that helped me a lot. Marlon, mm-hmm. Arit, Jonathan, Oday, Pablo Gutierrez, Kepa. We were really close friends and learning from each other, supporting each other because when you are on the road and you lose, you are far away from your friends and family. If if you are alone, it's, really, it's even harder. Mm-hmm. I had these guys that were also in the same position and where you know but uh, how did you deal for example with would there ever be like jealousy if, uh, if you did 
really good or it did bad mm. and Arit, for example, did really good. Like, of yeah. course, you're friends and supporting each other, but there yeah. must still be that internal competition. Yeah, well. there's also a lot of competition between us, but with a lot of respect. But yeah, it was it was challenging also because for me, for example, I'm like for me, they are family, you know. But with Arit, it was different. Some things like he was um, we were all traveling together, but he started traveling with a coach for example, and not hanging with us. And in the end, he was doing better, qualified for the city. I didn't qualify. And, um, so yeah, I felt also a little bit of jealousy. It's normal, yeah. you know? Yeah, like it's people. normal. But we this rivalry that I didn't have with Ole, for example, mm-hmm. because we were kind of similar yeah. and the, in results and we were together. And, and it was more committed to training and, mm-hmm. you know, it, from that early age yeah so it was a, it was i felt a little bit jealous of course yeah but always loved him and yeah it's an inspiration but we were not as close as as we were when we were kids we mm-hmm. was at least was the first one i met yeah and then we got a little bit more distant our friendship and then again amazing now we are really really close again yeah because uh, yeah, it's true. You get with your even with your friends, you're like ah. Hard to deal with those feelings as well. Like I yeah. think when you're older, you learn to see that mm-hmm. inspiration. But yeah. I think when you're younger, it can be be hard. So it must be hard, like yeah. being on the road. In the end, I was like jealous, and then I was like, wow, we, well, I don't want to feel like this. You know, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I have to learn from him. He's yeah. learning harder than me. I, I can do the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to. I, I really want this. Yeah. I have to train more. Yeah. And then I train way harder after. And mm-hmm. thanks, Arit. If you ever listen to this, thanks for motivating me. <laughs> oh, but yeah, all my friends motivated me. But Arit was, I think, a little bit uh, ahead of us, of um, way more committed to 100% focus mm-hmm. in achieving his goals in competition. You know, mm-hmm. We were doing a, a lot of efforts also, mm-hmm. but not enough yeah. to qualify. At the beginning, I mean, after, yes, we yeah. all trained really, really hard, really, yeah. really hard. And I, I dedicated myself for two or three years, like full on competing yeah. with Silvan Frey, coaching Pirey, also training the gym a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> Crazy. Also technical video analysis, like traveling with Silvan to, to contest. Heavy commitment. And I improved a lot. A lot, of, and I won QSS, and I was super close to qualifying. Like for one hit, I didn't qualify in two thousand nine. That was, that was my yeah. next question. You had such an amazing year that year, and mm. you, like as you said, you were one spot for qualifying for the World Tour, and mm. I, I, I guess that was like a big thing to swallow, like because that mm. was probably a big dream. I trained really hard and mm. suffered a lot, you know, but, mm. <laughs> but I enjoyed. I enjoyed it, yeah. but yeah, it was heavy. It was heavy because when you get so close yeah. to your dream, it, it can it changes your life. Yeah. But you get so close, but then you, you start from zero again in January. You know, in December you finish the year. And How did that affect you mentally? Was, I was sad a little bit, but then Thiago Pires was there. I remember when I got out of the water in Haliva, and he told me, "God, it's okay. You are improving. You know, you're so close to qualifying. It's gonna get easier. You know, if if you keep." If you keep this way, don't, yeah. don't worry, get closer. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And he was right. If you keep, and then if you keep that 
uh, commitment and even training even harder and you really want it, you can hang it there if mm. you have the skills. Yeah. And I kept uh, some years, you know, really focused and stuff and got really close other other years yeah. Yeah. after. But I felt that, all right, like, okay, I, I wanted it, you know, it, really, it was my dream. I'm not like this kind of person that's super competitive. I'm competitive, but not like this crazy like obsessed competition like oh, I have to be the best no like I like competing I like to go to a contest and it makes me feel good when I get through a hit and if I win a contest like it's amazing because it's so hard to win a surfing comp mm-hmm. it makes me feel good but I don't care yeah. <laughs> like if I'm I would be really happy also traveling and going on surf trips or working somewhere else and surfing like yeah. you know I'm I can do, I'm not this like one mind, like uh, one track mind. I want to be world champ. No. no, that's why probably I never got there. You're such a nice guy. And I don't think I know a single person in the surf world who does love your vibe and everything. And I was also going to ask you, how is it to be this nice and friendly guy who's also like have so many friends and, mm. and then being in such a competitive sports, which I also think can sometimes mm. be a bit of a, egoistic pursuit yeah for that. me it was not easy at the beginning especially at the beginning because the first years of qs there was no the the priority system didn't exist oh, okay. that's the problem so it was just like a jungle you fight for your waves and if you are more you have deeper than ever, it's yours mm-hmm. so it was heavy because the the in point breaks it was crazy so if you start fast boom boom get two waves and then you block the third and the fourth Mm-hmm. And you and you go deeper and you go deeper. Nobody gets waves, and the hit is finished. Yeah. So it was really bad, and it was really hard to compete for me because I'm I don't like the confrontation you know too much and fight like for waves. Yeah. For me, it was like wow. I don't want. I was shy to do that and stuff. I was like, ah, and I lost so many hits because of that. Some people were amazing at competing and strategy and fighting and didn't care. And mm-hmm. I was like wow. Yeah, Brazilians were crazy good. Like, fuck, but I was like, wow, I can't do this. It's like, it's, uh, for me, it wasn't right, you know? Yeah. Prefer of taking turns. So we were taking turns, and then the last five minutes, you could block. If you were second, you block the third. Last five minutes. But last five, otherwise, this, uh, it's, it's really bad. For me, I, I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, but then, yeah, I had to learn also to be more aggressive in the water. But I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. But... Phew, I learned, and, but then they changed it for me. And for me, it was epic when they put the priorities because it's more fair for everybody. For my personality, I think I did pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> in the contest. you did very well. I and now I know that you know you're not competing so much no. anymore. And and how has that transition been from competing a lot to suddenly be more of a free surfer and was that hard for you or did you actually enjoy that process? Because we, I've been talking to a lot of the other athletes and and sometimes there can be almost a little bit of like an identity crisis when you stop competing or because you maybe have had this like strong vision, you know, of where I want to get to. And suddenly when you start competing, that vision can maybe get a bit blurry. Um, how did you mm. find that? Yeah, I know I'm uh, competing way less, of course. I don't have that. You know, I've been so it's been so many years doing the QS and stuff that I I'm competing only for fun. 
yeah. know, without a goal of qualifying. So it's different. Mm-hmm. And I compete only in the comps that are close to where I live. Um, but just for fun, I really enjoy competing still. Yeah. Um, the last years of the QS, I really enjoyed because I knew it was the end of my of my career. So, and I ended up winning comps because I was having so much fun competing. So without pressure, so it was pretty cool. And now, I'm just cruising, uh, compete when I want, and that's it. My sponsors still support me without putting any pressure. They don't they don't care if I don't compete. I'm really really happy. Um, I didn't get depressed because I didn't make the tour, the world tour. Uh, and I'm not depressed because I'm not competing and not at the same level as I was. So I, I really enjoying the, this transition because also I have other projects. It's really important. Yeah. If you only have that in your life and suddenly you're getting older and you have to you stop winning comps and then you feel like it's not going anywhere and you're just going down, mm-hmm. of course, it's really difficult and you can get depressed. Yeah. happens to everyone. Yeah. Luckily, I have more things. And I have, for example, Jam Traction. It's my surfer accessories brand. I started with Marlon like seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And that also keeps me busy, keeps me motivated, you know, to have something else. And related to surfing, but it's not easy, you know, to own a brand and have your own business. And a lot of challenges you learn. We never study anything. You know, so it's like, wow. Learning you figure out, you have to figure out how to you know, produce some pro- design, produce, yeah. sell, sponsor. So everything you have to do. So, but it's super fun. And yeah. with Marlon, it's really nice. We know each other since we are kids and we get along perfectly. So we learn from each other. And mm-hmm. We flow. But yeah, I, I remember when he... When he called me, go honey, let's start our surfing brand. I'm like, you're crazy. Like, okay, sounds amazing, <laughs> but but we don't have time. Mark. Like, we're still competing. We're getting paid for competing. We have to like, get all, the, all our energy to this. Otherwise, we're gonna do both things, but not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. But in the end, we <laughs> we made it, and it was really good because for me, it was it was a surprise because having jam. Also kept my mind uh, not uh, not having that pressure that you only have one thing, you know. So I was also busy in jam, and then when I was going to the contest, I was really enjoyed it, and yeah. and in the end, training a little bit less, but feeling more relaxed made me get better results yeah. in some comps. I was like making an invoice. Um, in between the semis and the final of Sarouts Pro, yeah. I had to send an invoice to a shop, and I was like, "Okay, making this invoice." I had three minutes, boom, boom. computer, laptop in the contest area, boom, boom. and then you got to the water and won the heat against wow. Jorgen. That was like full commitment in that comp, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, I'm gonna give my best, but I also have to do stuff for Jam." Yeah, so it can help also. Yeah, so it gave you like other things to focus on. Yeah, kind because it's been like busy. so many years doing the same, only yeah. surfing. That for me, in the end of the career, it helped me because I was getting bored, you know. Yeah. And to have something else there, it was pretty cool. Yeah. If I had jam when I was 20, it was not going to work. Mm. I had to be 100% focused in learning and contest. Yeah. But after, when you have already have the experience... You can have something else. And it's important to start thinking about something not when you've 
just when you decide to finish competing, you need something before because it takes time to adapt. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's good. And that's why I feel good because I'm not scared of uh, if I stop competing, I don't care. Or if if I have any sponsors uh, soon, I have something else to focus on. Also, I organize trips uh, to different destinations with a group of people. And then also it's a, it's a job also, like uh, four or five trips per year, different destinations. And it's also a job. Yeah. It's, and I meet amazing people, like totally different than the contest world, you know, like uh, I meet random people, like, like a lawyer, a dentist, uh, whatever, you know, like to surf with me and I can give them tips uh, to improve and we have a great time every time we go on a surf trip with people that I never thought I could be friends with and they're legends in the end and yeah I'm growing getting older and enjoying also this not just contests but yeah it's not easy but if you can if you can anticipate yourself and yeah. And start something, and find something that you like and start doing it before you really like stop your sports career. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. Marlon was right. He, he, told, he always, always thought about it and yeah. he was super, like, I think, concerned about it. Like, wow, what are you going to do when you, he was always asking me, what, what are you thinking? What are you going to do after? Mm. And I was like, I don't know. Well, oh. I, it's like it's kind of like annoying me like oh. what is why is Marlon asking me this I don't know and I don't care I'm good now yeah <laughs> I don't care <laughs> I will see I was like I don't care I will figure out you know yeah but he was right that I just do something mm-hmm. because maybe you know after it will be easier and um, I would also like to ask you a little bit about because I also know part of your surf career is also a lot in doing like free surfing as well, besides mm-hmm. the contest and kind of go into some gnarly waves. I know that you've been surfing cave. This is like mm-hmm. one of the scariest waves here in Europe, I think, and, and all the really gnarly spots. And, <laughs> yeah. and because this podcast, we also try to focus a lot on like mental health and like mm-hmm. stuff that goes through. So I'd like to ask a little bit about fear and how you deal with fear. It can be, you know, also in a situation of contest, um, but yeah. also when you conquer these, these waves, like how do you deal with that? Yes. Uh, when I first moved to Ericeira, I saw a cave and I thought I was never going to be able to surf it. And I was like, super scared just even looking at it. I was like, oof, I don't want to look that way. This was surf cautious. And I thought, there's no way I'm surfing it. Never. But then, because it's uh, so shallow, it's so hollow, so dangerous that it can easily get hurt or die. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's too much. And I didn't trust my barrel skills as much as, you know, uh, to be surfing there. So, but then time passed and Volcom Trip came, Alex Gray came, a really good friend from California. And he really wanted to surf it. And he surfed it and I was like, well, I'm not surfing it. But then the second session, I was like, okay, I have to go, at least yeah. to be in the water. And then ended up getting one epic wave and changed my perspective and I really loved it and loved that wave and but yeah, it was super scary of course yeah. and you're risking your life but you have to be smart selective and calm and the adrenaline is it's another level of adrenaline yeah. and it gets uh, got me like addicted but I am really scared of the wave still and I have a lot of respect for it and I only surfed it 
four times okay. since 2013. Wow. It's 2017, again, Volcom International came to like a Euro Thrash. It was like a trip they were doing in Europe with Noah Dean and everyone. And they wanted to surf cave and it was perfect. So we all went and I got three epic waves. And I was like, I was like, wow, this is insane. Like, oh, again, like so yeah. happy. And, and after that, my adrenaline was like so high. Yeah. I, I went to Caparica QS, I won. And then the week after I won Tarouts, like back to back. Wow. Because I was like, I'm, I can die now. I don't care. I'm so happy. <laughs> and I was like, I risked my life there. Like, and everything was flowing perfect. I was in a state of mind, like so high. Yeah. Was, everything was coming my way and mm. that didn't matter how I everything I did was perfect yeah I went to the contest didn't care one went to Sarouts didn't care like got ill because uh, after this comp I was so tired got ill then party and then I ended up winning I, sometimes it just flow yeah. but uh but yeah now since 2017 I didn't surf it until now until Till I met you until like now. a few months ah, ago. Yeah, yeah. That day, yeah. yeah. Until now. I was like, no way, I'm not surfing here again. It's too dangerous. Yeah. If you surf it often, you're going to get hurt. And I surfed, already surfed it three times and everything was perfect. So I was like, okay, let's stop. Yeah. And then this winter, my friend Victor Gonzalez, photographer, was here and he really wanted to shoot the cave. So I was like, okay, we wait for a good day and we'll go. Yeah. We try. And then... Aaron was here, super motivated, very strong <laughs> to go surf also. Okay, so we went together. One day that it was really dangerous, yeah. but it was the last day for Victor to be able to surf. So we're like, okay, no expectations at all. We go, but maybe we don't catch any waves, but just for you to see it from the water. So we went and it took, it took me like two hours to get a wave. It was really, really difficult. Yeah. And I had to choose wisely and then... I chose this perfect wave, easy access, and he got the sickest bar, and then he got the shot. <laughs> and I was like happy for, and I'm still high now. But then, like, you get this adrenaline high, but I, before but, that, there's a lot of fear, I guess. Yeah. And how do you of keep course. calm? Like, do you have any techniques? Do you have anything uh, like you um, do? Yeah, of course, I was really scared, but I'm scared before, you know? And then when I'm in the moment of, when you are there, I'm not scared. I'm just super focused. Mm -hmm. And I know, uh, I think it's the instinct, but I don't know. Just, I see everything like kind of like more slow, slow motion. And in the end, I usually don't make mistakes. I don't know. Yeah. But so, the moment of, okay, I'm really scared, but I have to do it. That's really hard. Like, okay, fine. Why am I going to risk my life there? Because when you paddle for a wave there's, and you stand up, there's like no way back. You yeah. Know? You have to be really, really sharp yeah. and really focused. Committed. Yeah. I guess sometimes you have to really feel it. It's not like, you know, that's why they surfed it for so many years. I didn't feel it. And I was not going to force it. But that day I was like, feel it. I feel it. Victor, we are going. Yeah. I, okay. Even I just, I wanted to go. Yeah. And I really want to go. Even if I don't catch any waves, I have to go in the water. Yeah. I, I was needing an extra adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Something was missing. You know, yeah. in my life, I was like, boom, boom, let's go. And made me feel amazing after. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of mental work. I, I think you just have to be confident and calm and go for it. Yeah. But you have to be uh, 
also you have to trust a lot of yourself and that comes from a lot of practice and experience you know yeah. when I, uh, I came here I was young and I was not confident to have that wave and I didn't do it I didn't mm. push you have to also know your limits yeah. and you know your timings and I surfed other waves and it got better and then I felt like okay now I'm, I'm ready yeah. of course even if I'm ready it can go wrong because it's a really dangerous wave mm -hmm. and everybody like even John John Thiago Peters got hurt and they are way better than me in the barrel but you know you can't forget about you know respect and the ocean you have to be humble I also have two questions from the listeners first one is like you had so many years of good surf and travel and you still you know travel a lot and mm -hmm go search for good waves like how do you keep that fire like how is it still as interesting to go on these trips and find different waves when you have so many years of good waves yeah well, it's always exciting to go on surf trips if you go uh with a good crew or if you are going to a place that you've never been to or if you know that it's gonna be pumping you know this different <laughs> different trips but i've been enjoying lately like uh It's like quick missions to Italy or Norway or, or different places that I was not going when I was competing. Mm -hmm. We were always going to the same spots, so like Hawaii, Australia, South Africa, then Mentawais, the boat trip, Maldives. But finally you go to, you get Robbie D'Amico giving you a call, like it's going to be pumping in Sardinia or in, in Barazze, let's go. Boom, get on a plane, two days full, like uh, two days in the water eating, like... Uh, great friends, like different people uh, eating well yeah. and to surf in a place that is not so con as consistent as where as where we live, they say it, or, you know, yeah. or Mentawis. You go to Italy and you get barrel there and it feels, it's feels a... way better than getting a barrel in Indo, you know, so, yeah. because it's harder to get. Yeah. So in the end, those trips were exciting me a lot lately. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just love surfing. You know? Yeah. So you still have that fire? I still have the fire. That the, fire. The fire, yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But yeah. I also enjoy going on surf trips, as I told you before, with like just normal people and surf normal waves. That's and cool. I really enjoy those trips. Because yeah. you talk Meet different to, people. Different people talk about different things. That you, I learn a lot from them. Yeah. I teach them in the water, but they teach me outside. Because yeah. Uh, Everyone's sharing their life experiences. It's yeah. awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And then the second question is, uh, your hair, blue or pink? <laughs> Someone asked me right about it. Yeah. Now I, I, I have it blue, um, but yeah, I love it when I have it pink. <laughs> One day I'll have it again pink. Um, but yeah, I was needing a change. I was like coming back from Morocco, from the contest from the QS, and I was like... Pfft. Uh, I was feeling bad, my, my injury, I've been dealing for like mm -hmm. a year. And I just need to go home and relax and reset. And usually when I feel really bad, I'm like, change my style. Yeah. And it makes me feel like, like instantly way better. Because it's like, I look at it in the mirror, like, ah, it's someone else. Yeah. <laughs> and then and like everything started flowing. And yeah. Ashton from Stab called me the day after I paid my hair, like, oh, let's go to 
if you're on a surf trip to Morocco to film for Red Bull No Contest or stuff, I was like, what? No way. I'm in. <laughs> and even if I was hurting, I was like, I'm in. I don't care. I'm going. Yeah. And went there to film, and it was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, then went to Sri Lanka, also with a group of people that was bringing it. Yeah, the trip was insane. And then went back to Morocco. And there, now it's flying. Everything's flying. I'm super happy. Yeah. But after, after that contest in Morocco, I was really down. And then I was like, I'm going to paint my hair <laughs> blue. <laughs> and it felt great. What I ask all athletes is also what they, if you have a routine, something you do every day for your mental health, for your mental well being. Yeah, if you can mention um, a few things. Or if you have any yeah, I, I've been enjoying lately going to the gym with uh, Ruben. It's my coach here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, every, not every day, but when I'm here at home, we do like, Three days or four days per week, and uh, one hour with him—it's amazing. I feel really, really good after, like because it's uh, also really nice to talk to someone that you know I talk a lot, and he's really nice, and we talk about everything, and and then the exercise we do make me feel really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really important. Um, we are surfing a lot, we're traveling, we get super tired, and if. You, when you get home, you don't have a routine of, of training uh, to help your your surfing. It's uh, when you get older, it's impossible to keep your level you know, mm-hmm. really up. Yeah. So yeah, I've been really enjoying the last five years to to train with him, mm-hmm. and also been last year uh, going to Lisbon a lot, which I was not doing before. Mm-hmm. To going to the city more. I yeah. was always stuck in Nerissera uh, surfing and in always, you know, the same friends. But I was super, always super lazy to go to the big city. I, I don't like the city, you know. But now I, I met some friends from Spain that live there and work there. And we I, we've been doing some different plants, like normal people. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like different things. Outside of the beach. Yeah. And I also go surf with them. But just going to a new restaurant or going to a mirador, have a drink, enjoy the city, mm-hmm. going to a concert, going to to the museum, mm-hmm. stuff that I was not doing. Before. It helps a lot. Yeah. yeah, I was not doing too often, you know, and mm-hmm. it helps a lot because it, yeah, it can. I love surfing. It's my passion. But if you always do the same. Can be also, yeah. Uh, I still have a lot to learn, yeah. <laughs> and I know that you're also like a very creative person and you like you draw a lot, and you know, you always paint your yeah. surfboards, funny things. And I know you enjoy that as well. Is that also a way for you to kind of express yourself or like kind of get out of your head? And yeah. is that like kind of a meditation for you? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is actually that drawing uh helps me a lot when I. I start drawing in my iPad on a surfboard. I don't think about anything. Like it's kind of like I'm flying, you know? mm-hmm. so it feels great. Yeah, I love my part. My dad is an artist, makes rings and all kinds of sculptures with wood or whatever. Everything. Santi, my brother, is a really good artist. Plays music and draws really well since mm-hmm. he's a kid. Like. And I also like drawing. I'm not an artist, but <laughs> I love it. And, but yeah, it helps me a lot to to disconnect and gives me a lot of peace. Um, I love painting my boards. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. When I get a new board, I'm like, wow, what am I going to do? But, yeah, I, 
for me, it's hard to leave the board white. And also something I also ask all the athletes on here is, uh, what is your morning routine? Morning routine uh, depends, you know, depends on how the waves are. Yeah. And I'm not waking up and going to uh, gym or yoga or running. I used to when I, I some years I did, yeah. waking up and running and start the day like that or going to yoga and felt amazing. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm just waking up and going to have a coffee outside, cruise and then surfing or uh, working for jam mm-hmm. or um, if it's pumping and I know it, uh, I wake up really early at dark and go, if the tide is good, I go and surf uh, with the sunrise, mm-hmm. you know, to have less people and to really, you know, get the fresh waves. Uh, I love that light of uh, when you're in the water and you see the sun coming up yeah. um, and gives me an amazing energy for the rest of the day. It's yeah. crazy. But then, yeah, I, I prefer to go to the gym in the afternoon. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I go to the gym in the afternoon and stuff. Now I'm going to start yoga again. Mm-hmm. I miss it. And I feel I feel I really need it. I've been, I've been many years without yoga and <laughs> I really need to to add it to my routine. Because yoga is it both help you mentally and physically? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when I was doing it, I felt uh, amazing, like physically, and, but also mentally, like mm-hmm. uh, going there to the class really tired and stuff and then after the class I feel like a new person you know like super happy super motivated it's amazing Mm -hmm. and and yeah I think I really again I will be back (laughs) change a little bit my routine for really soon Gani now in the end is there anything you'd like to add anything we haven't come across yeah uh, but yeah uh, about the routine for example I I'm not a person that I, 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 I have, I, I like to have everything planned perfectly. You know, some people like some friends are so like square with like the timings and stuff mm-hmm. that when you travel during the QS or, you know, the competitions, it's, it's really hard to mm-hmm. have um, everything planned. So you have to be able to adapt and yeah. change like that and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was easy. I'm not, I don't care. I'm just can be like one day this and the next day the totally different opposite plan. I like it. Yeah. I yeah. I'm not like ah. Oh, I have to be like this. No. And what I wanted to tell you is that everybody is different, and you are really have to know yourself and know what you like and what makes you feel good mm-hmm. uh, to perform or to feel just feel good. And sometimes we just follow other people and something you have to really learn but yeah i guess you learn with years you know you know at the beginning it's normal to sometimes make mistakes and but you really have to be able to learn from yourself and and know exactly what what makes you feel good yeah okay trust that and do it and maybe it's it's something way different than someone that is doing really good Mm -hmm. but by you you do that the same and you feel even worse. So find yourself, what you like, what you make you feel, feel good, feel confident. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and in the end, yeah, you have to trust yourself. But yeah, of course, there's uh, some some things that help everybody. Yeah, but, but I think it's a good advice because there's some people who like, for example, I like to get up and get my mon- my training done in the morning. Yeah. And, and there's the opposite. There's some Kelly's people... Later, likes to sleep yeah so like <laughs> Kelly won 11 times with the yeah. world title and he 
doesn't like to wake up early. You know, mm-hmm. he prefers to sleep more. Yeah. And Nathan Edge was waking up at five five in the morning every day in the dark training mm-hmm. and yeah. then going surfing. Yeah, so we're all uh, so, different. Yeah, yeah exactly. and I think that's like I think that's a really good advice. Try and uh, not put too much pressure on yourself. Because, yeah. and enjoy the process. Yeah, and it's all gonna flow. Yeah, but I try to be uh, yeah open-minded, learn from others, and help help when you can others. That's really important too. Yeah. Oh, that's really mm. nice. Well, Gani, that was a really good chat. I really one enjoyed <laughs> one hour. Boom! I really See, enjoyed listening. If somebody listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> they will. They will. It was really interesting. Um, but just in the end, yeah. where can people follow your journey if they want to learn more? Uh, they can follow my Instagram, Gani Suiza. And yeah, I'll be going on surf trips and try keep surfing as much as I can. And people can even they can yeah. ride me if they want. Uh, I'm always there. Uh, people always, can even go on surf trips. Right? Of course, yeah. uh, you can message me. I'll every time I go on a surf trip, uh, some months in advance, I put it on Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, feel free to come join one of the trips. Go to Angola next. It's full, but uh, we'll be in more to come. Yeah. Cool. I'll put the Instagram handle for you, your trips, and yeah. Dad, so everybody can follow. Happy. Cool. Thanks, Emily. Thanks a lot. It was a really nice time. Thank you. And, and yeah, say hi to everybody listening. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Ciao. Yes.